Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zosa. Africa, Amka na Unai. Good morning and a very warm welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa from an African perspective and we're coming to you live in Johannesburg, South Africa. We are on the frequencies 7230 kHz on the 41 meter band to Southern Africa and on 15255 kHz on the 19 meter band to West Africa as well as DSTV's audio bouquet channel 802. I'm Lulu Gabu in studio with Anne Musa, Tracy Bumgard and Figile Lingwati. In our top stories on Africa Rise and Shine at the Sawa, South Africans welcome ANC decision to recall President Jacob Zuma, and Burundians criticize a fundraising campaign for the election. In economics news, five bidders seek roles on state-owned Kenyan bank, and in sports news, a lone skier looks to put South Africa on winter sports map. But first up, the news with Anne Musa. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Moussa. South Africa's opposition Democratic Alliance says the announcement by the ruling ANC's National Executive Committee that it has recalled President Jacob Zuma has not removed the confusion about what is to happen. Chief Whip John Steenhazen says it's clear from ANC Secretary General Ace Mahashule that there is still no clear-cut decision on the way forward. He has urged the governing party to use the parliamentary processes to remove the president. The time now uh, for the ANC dilly-dallying on this particular matter must come to an end. Uh, We believe that the correct solution would be for Parliament to bring the motion of no confidence forward and allow the only institution in the Republic of South Africa that has the constitutional right to remove a president, Parliament, uh, to do its work and to remove President Jacob Zuma. We can't carry on having one political party as internal politics, uh, paralyzing the work of Parliament. It's time now to draw a line under this. Former South African President Tabumbeki's foundation has welcomed the decision of the ANC's NEC to recall President Zuma. It says this long overdue resolution gives the possibility for the ruling party to urgently and immediately attend to the many challenges and negative developments during the years of the Zuma presidency. Mbali Sibanyone reports. In a statement released by the foundation, former President Abombeki says he welcomes the decision by the ANC's NEC, saying many in the country have been calling on for the action for quite some time. Beki says the calls were prompted by possible prosecution for alleged criminal offences, alleged corruption in state-owned enterprises, as well as state capture, among other various problems. The former president says Zuma should now communicate with the Speaker of Parliament and tender his resignation as as president of South Africa. Police in Israel say they will recommend to the Attorney General that the country's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu be charged with bribery, fraud and breach of trust. They say there is sufficient evidence in two cases. The BBC's James Reynolds reports. Les autres, hmm? 
Apologies for not having the soundbite. The fundraising campaign underway in Burundi for the 2020 general elections has raised grievances among the opposition who speak of a double taxing. Leader of a parliamentary caucus, Agathon Rwasa, says there's no freedom in the process, which continues amid a voters' registration campaign for the upcoming controversial referendum on the revised constitution. However, the government of Burundi asserts the contributions are voluntary, but the civil society organizations and opposition denounce an overt cohesion. Rwasa elaborates. I'm sure that the ruling party and uh, different authorities here in Burundi are quite aware of the, the socio-political and economic situation of Burundians. You know, the wages in Burundi are very, very low. And yet, all these Burundians are the main contributors for the, to the budget of the country. Unfortunately, it seems that there is uh, some kind of blindness from these authorities with regard to the situation of the Burundians. Just imagine, we are paying taxes and other duties, they still want us to give the so-called free contribution. But there is no freedom in this contribution since people are harassed and persecuted for that. And finally, the governments of Russia and the U.S. have denied any knowledge of the involvement of Russian mercenaries in the Syrian conflict. The denial comes in the wake of the confirmed deaths of several Russian ultra-nationalists in the country last week who were not part of the Russian armed forces. Reports say they were fighting in support of the Syrian government in a major clash with U.S. forces. The BBC's Steve Rosenberg reports. One week ago, the U.S.-led coalition launched air and artillery strikes against forces loyal to President Assad. Washington said that the coalition strike had killed more than 100 fighters. Among the dead, reportedly, were Russian mercenaries. President Putin's spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, said the reports needed verifying, but he wouldn't be drawn on the presence of mercenaries. We only have details of Russian armed forces personnel in Syria. He said, we have no information about other Russians who may be there. But this information is now emerging. And that's the news headlines at 8.30 Central African time. Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Africa, amuka na unai. Questions still remain about President Jacob Zuma's future despite the ANC National Executive's marathon 13-hour meeting on Monday to resolve the issue. While a briefing in Johannesburg yesterday on the outcome of the meeting reported the decision to recall him, little light has been shed on the reasons for the move, timeframes for him stepping down, and what will happen should he remain defiant. Ndebo Mokobo has more. Like his predecessor, Thabo Mbeki, the ANC National Executive Committee has finally resolved to recall President Jacob Zuma as head of state. Party Secretary General Esma Khashule says the reason behind their decision is the uncertainty and anxiety that have engulfed the country over the past few days. In his wisdom, the NEC decided to recall uh, his deployee, Comrade Jacob Zuma, in accordance with Rule 12.2.21.2 of the ANC Constitution, which are caused the NEC the authority to recall its deployees. 
there should be continuing, we agreed also that there should be continuing interaction between officials of the ANC and President Jacob Zuma. National Executive Committee members will go throughout the country to brief and inform our structures about the decisions we have taken. And all necessary parliamentary processes that arise from this decision will also now ensue. Because from tomorrow we'll brief our parliamentary caucus about the decisions we have taken. Mahashule says the president wanted to prolong his stay in office, citing his continuing responsibilities in key international institutions like the SADC and the BRICS. As I've said earlier on, in our earlier discussions between ourselves, President Jacob Zuma and President Ramaphosa, there was an understanding that indeed it will be good for President Jacob Zuma to introduce Comrade Ramaphosa to BRICS leadership as well as SADC. But remember, as officials, we are not a structure deciding. That's why we had to go and engage the National Executive Committee. Earlier on, we're happy with that timeline. But the National Executive Committee, because it's the highest decision-making body, had a different view. But the ANC has no plan of action should President Zuma refuse to step down. We have already acted, and we are not treating Jacob Zuma as a leader who is defiant and all that. I think we are engaging one of our leaders who have contributed to the liberation of South Africans. So we'll treat him with such, with dignity. Uh, there is no need for us to, as we have said, humiliate him. So we are expecting the president to respond tomorrow. There is no deadline. Tomorrow the president will respond. He will call you as the media. While the scheduled EFF-sponsored motion of no confidence in President Zuma is a legal alternative open to the ANC to make Zuma comply, the ANC Secretary-General says it is not an option for the party. As the party, a revolutionary party, I don't know whether I will support the motion of no confidence. We are a party, and any party which is governing, there is no way the opposition will support it. The role of the opposition is to oppose what the party is actually, the ruling party or governing party is doing. So we are not expecting, in a normal situation, you don't expect, you, you can't be a party member and you vote with your conscience. That doesn't actually exist. For now, all eyes are on President Jacob Zuma to respond to his party's decision. If he goes, the ANC says its current president, Cyril Ramaphosa, will be the next in line and will deliver the state of the nation address at a day still to be decided. I am Tebu Mokobo in Johannesburg. It's 8.10 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. We're coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa on the frequencies 7230 kHz on the 41-meter band to Southern Africa and on 15255 kHz on the 19-meter band to West Africa as well as DSTV's audio bouquet channel 802. Now, the Tabombeki Foundation has welcomed the decision by South Africa's governing party, the African National Congress, to recall President Jacob Zuma as head of state. The foundation says the decision is long overdue and head of communications at the Thabo Mbeki Foundation, Tami Ndendeni, now joins us on the line. Good morning, Tami, and welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. 
Good morning. Good morning, Sisi, and uh, good morning to your listeners uh, in the continent. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you for joining us. Now, what's the foundation's reaction? We've seen that you've welcomed the decision by the African National Congress leadership. Now, what's with regards to President Jacob Zuma's recall? Just take us through um, what the foundation, uh, how the foundation reacted as the news came in, and I'd like to know how. Uh, uh, former President Tabombeki reacted. Now, as you um, you will be aware that uh, the matter of President Jacob Zuma has been on the, in the public domain over a long period of time. Various sectors of society and people in their individual capacities and in their organizational formations have been expressing uh, their views and the mostly negative views with regards to the state of the country and what is happening in the country as uh, as uh, representative uh, the administration of uh, of president zuma now we are saying it is overdue from the point of view that uh, we taking into consideration all of these uh, sentiments that have been expressed by people over time and also the fact that even within the ANC there has been two motions or uh, two motions to recall the president although they did not succeed the alliances of the party also COSATU, SACP all of them have expressed the same sentiment so it is from that point of view that you are saying that it is overture and uh, we, we welcome the decision and the resolution of, uh, of the ANC leadership to take that decision Tammy, I have to ask, uh, former statesman Tabombeki um, sort of went through something very similar. He also went through a recall in 2008. Just from his reaction back then in 2008, which was very um, accepting and dignified, what's your take on President Jacob Zuma's reaction to being recalled by the ANC leadership? Now, that's uh, that's an important question, you know, and uh, even though I do not want to do a comparative analysis, but uh, it is important to point out that uh, it has always been the culture of the ANC that uh, as a member of the ANC, when you are deployed in a particular capacity, the ANC then reserves the right to say to you, no, comrade, please, now we want you to do this or we want to deploy you in position X, even in the position of president. So President Zuma is a deployee of the African National Congress. And so when President Tabundeki, the NEC at that time expressed its view with regard to his presidency, he then stepped down because he respected the decision of the ANC National Executive as a cadre of the movement and as a disciplined cadre of the movement. And this has been the case throughout. So it is natural then that uh, one would expect the same of President Zuma as a cadre because the, the current leadership of the ANC has issued as resolved that he should be recalled as the president. It is to be expected that as a disciplined cadre 
of the ANC. That's how we should respond. And also he himself has said that uh, if the ANC national executive takes that decision, he will respect it. Why do you think there's a reluctance on his side, especially um, as we've seen him a number of times mention and state the fact that as a deployee of the African National Congress, if any decision is taken with regards to his position in the country or in whatever role, he categorically stated that he would as he is deployed or um, redeployed or recalled or anything of that sort, he will be able to follow through on instruction. And uh, this hasn't happened. Or are we expecting everything to to, to sort of happen um, too quickly? And the fact that there is that comparison of uh, back then, of 2008, to former statesman uh, Tabumbeki and uh, to the current president, um, President Jacob Zuma, is may, are we maybe expecting him to react too quickly? Or does he really need the time to accept and then hopefully resign at some point in time? Uh, it would be difficult for me to, to respond with regard to how President Zuma is going to react because he still hasn't made the statement. Uh, it is expected that uh, he is going to address the nation sometime today and uh, we don't know what he's going to say. He may well say, yes, I accept the resolution of the ANC or say, well, uh, I have my own reasons, but uh, I, I don't think we want to prejudge what he is going to say. I think we will. it's better to wait until he has expressed himself, and then we can then uh, comment, uh, because in whichever way, whichever way he decides, he must take the nation into his confidence and say these are the reasons why I am reacting in this way. In that case, we would then have the opportunity to interrogate the reasons that he gives. But the expectation, like I said earlier, the expectation is that uh, he should respect the decision of the NPC of the ANC and the disciplined cater of the movement. Do you think that uh, this uh, reaction from the ANC um, leadership, the recalling of President Jacob Zuma, could be a catalyst in getting the country back on a path of political and economic recovery? Exactly, exactly. Uh, You are correct when you say that could be a catalyst. I mean, uh, the leadership of the ANC has expressed itself along those lines that um, to the majority of the people in the country, the ANC has become synonymous with corruption or that the ANC is soft on corruption and... uh, that corruption is linked to President Zuma's administration. And then we are talking about the state culture, the leaked Gupta emails. We are talking about the, the constitutional court judgment that he has violated his oath of office. All of these things cumulatively have put the, the ANC in a really bad light. And therefore... The action to remove President Zuma 
would at least indicate to the people that the ANC is prepared to act on this. And um, the newly elected president of the ANC, um, Comrade Sivan Ramaphosa, has also expressed himself that uh, they are prepared to root out corruption and that uh, they are not going to allow anybody, any family to capture the ANC in their own interests, that the ANC exists to serve the people of South Africa in the best way that it can. Tammy, let's leave it there for now. Let's wait for the um, media briefing by President Jacob Zuma, which has been scheduled for 10 o'clock. We don't know whether it will be um, um, maintained at 10 o'clock or maybe postponed. That's something that uh, we will definitely be looking forward to and maybe touch base with you afterwards with regards to um, what the address is all about and uh, then take it from there. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That was the Head of Communications at the Tabumbeki Foundation, Tami Ndendeni, joining us on the line. Let us all unite and celebrate together. This is indeed a joyous night. We are delighted by the overwhelming support for the African National Congress. For the people of South Africa, and the world, this is indeed a joyous night for the human spirit. Your help and apartheid. This year, 2018, marks 100 years since the birth of South Africa's first democratically elected president, Nelson Kholisatha Mandela. Join Channel Africa, South Africa's international public service radio station, as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of Madiba. Join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs. Channel Africa, celebrating 100 years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective. South Africa's ruling ANC national chairperson Gwede Mandashe has hinted that they've taken a political decision to let President Jacob Zuma be removed through a vote of no confidence in Parliament if he doesn't step down on his own. He's been addressing dozens of ANC members at Butterworth in the Eastern Cape Province as part of the party's 106th anniversary celebrations. Yanga Funani reports. Mandashe's visit in the rural constituency served as a report back. This as tensions and uncertainty of the recall process drags on. He has spoken differently about the no-deadline statement by the Secretary-General Isma Khashule. He says they have exhausted other strategies of talking Zuma out of his position. The ANC must be able to raise that motion about its own. But that decision will be taken when caucus meets. We hoped that the President will see reason and step down himself. Let me give you four steps. The first one, ideally, is for a deployee to resign himself. Two, is when the NEC takes a decision that you are recalled, write you a letter, tell that you are recalled, and it is expecting you to write, write the letter of resignation. If you don't do that, the next phase will be the motion of no confidence. Mandasha was quick to point out that they will have to submit their own motion of no confidence rather than support the one by opposition parties. When I was Secretary General, there was one theory that I coined, that you don't allow your soldiers to be commanded 
by enemy generals. Uh, I think it's the correct position. You must never allow your MPs to be commanded by the command structure of the opposition. The outcome is going to be the same, but it should be an ANC outcome. But he still maintains that they don't want to embarrass Suma. The worst thing that you do is to go to a deploy and just kick him on the backside and say, we must go now, now, now. It's not done. Mandosha says they expect a favorable response from President Zuma no later than Wednesday. Amyanga Funani in Butterworth. Former Deputy President of South Africa, Pumzilem Lambongnuka, found herself at the center of a similar ANC recall in 2008 when former President Tabumpeki was told to vacate his high office. In conversation with correspondent Sherwin Bryce Pease, she reluctantly recalled those days in September 2008 while expressing her frustration at the slow pace at which the current transition is being handled but called for bold steps that focus on rebuilding building the country. Schoen began by asking about her reaction to the recall of President Jacob Zuma. Well, it was long time coming, but right now we need to move on. We need to take big, bold step and focus on rebuilding the country. This stalemate is not good for the country. We need to get back to being productive. And if we are not uh, having consistent Uh, messages that are moving us forward, we're actually losing precious time to rebuild the country. I'm just impatient and exhausted also from waiting. Does this take you back to 2008 when the NEC uh, recalled President Mbeki? Is there a sense of deja vu? You know, it's water under the bridge for me, the future. I am focusing on the future and joining hands with all other South Africans in looking forward and doing what's best for our country. That is what I'm most concerned about. Is it possible, though, for you to share what might be going on in terms of the presidency? The presidency isn't, of course, just one individual. It's an entire team. What, what might be going on in that presidency right now, given the experiences you went through in 2008? Of course, a lot of um, anxiety, a lot of concern, um, you know, a lot of uncertainties. Uh, But having said that, I also know that there's also a lot of people who also want to move on. So move on and let's go back and rebuild the country. A lot of people talk about the fact that this is not just one man. This has been a collective process in South Africa in terms of decisions that were made, in terms of decisions that were made to keep President Zuma in office until this point. What would you like to see from the African National Congress moving forward? Progress. Consistency decisiveness. That's all we need because there's a lot of support in South Africa for a direction that will move us forward. That's what we need. You were, of course, very close to former President Nelson Mandela. As you know, this will be uh, the centenary of his birth in, in 2018, a number of celebrations, including here in New York this year. What's your sense of what Madiba expects of the people running South Africa today? Madiba expects all of us as South African to rise up to the occasion, push aside uncertainty, commit to the new leadership, and bring our A-game forward so that we can make sure that the project that South Africa is all about, which is uniting the South African people, building the country, reconstruction and development, gets back on the trail again.
Channel Africa. Kulta njoi Adi Sababa. Silvanus Kalemera, reporting for Channel Africa in Kigali. Africa, rise and shine. I am Hilda Kekeloa in Zambia. This is Simon Muchemwa in Harare, Zimbabwe. Jean-Noël Bamwese, Channel Africa, Kinshasa. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja. This is Moki Kinzeka in Yaoundé. Informing the world about Africa. Ntakwa nangatani in Mohalizuk, Lesotho. And I am Dana Wanyonyi for Channel Africa in Mombasa. It's 8.28 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. In news just in, South Africa's Directorate for Priority Crime Investigation, the Hawks, are currently raiding the Gupta family home in Saxonville, Johannesburg. The Gupta family has been linked to several alleged systematic corruption cases involving the country's president, Jacob Zuma, one of his sons, Duduzani, and a number of government ministers. A State of Capture report revealed that the Saxonwold home was where the Gupta brothers summoned several ministers and other high-ranking politicians. Two of the Gupta brothers have reportedly been arrested Hawk spokesperson Brigadier Hangwani Mulawudzi spoke to Morning Live's Leanne Manners earlier. Any arrest will only be determined based on what we find today, but uh, we cannot rule them out. Does this raid uh, have, uh, we know state capture, but what about the Estina Dairy Project? Is this also a part of the raid? For now we're talking about issues of corruption, uh, issues of fraud, money laundering, uh, there's a lot that we, there's a lot of charges that we have preferred uh, in terms of this operation. So, like I said, once we are comfortable in terms of giving you the information, that will be done. So, the rest are short. That all the information that we are preparing for you guys, you will be able to get it. But yes, this is a very, very um, important uh, raid that we are conducting today. And we are hoping that it will, be, it will be a success. Can we expect this to happen elsewhere? Uh, for instance, other people that have been allegedly involved with the Guptas. I, I bring up the president's son, for example. Look, um, there's a lot that we're still doing. <clears throat> we have said before that there's a lot of cases that have been brought, and we have been investigating them. For us to come to this stage, it means we're at a very, very sensitive stage. Uh, area. So that is why we're saying um, expect a lot. Uh, some of these rates that are going to be taking place, yes, they will be taking place in other areas if they have to go. Um, and uh, one of the things that we are also planning for is to arrest those that have been uh, uh, who have been fingered uh, or who have been fingered in terms of this corruption. So that is something that you should expect and the country should um, will be in, um, I mean will, will, will be able to give um, that information to the public. But can we get a confirmation from you? Are the Guptas, is the family in the country? I can't comment on that one, Leon. What we more concerned about is the fact that we do the right thing. Um, as to whether they are in the country or not, um, we will only be able to talk about it later this afternoon. That was the spokesperson of South Africa's Directorate for Priority Crime Investigation speaking to Leanne Manners of Morning Live. It is 8.31 and our headlines up next with Anne Musa.
A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Musan. The headline, South Africa's Opposition Democratic Alliance, is the announcement by the ruling ANC's National Executive Committee that it has recalled President Jacob Zuma has not removed the confusion about what is to happen. The governments of Russia and the U.S. deny any knowledge of the involvement of Russian mercenaries in the Syrian conflict and police in Israel say they will recommend to the Attorney General that the country's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu will be charged with bribery, fraud and breach of trust. Those are the stories making headlines. Thank you. And South Africa has been in a state of limbo since Last week's postponement of the State of a Nation Address, the country's ruling African National Congress found itself in a corner when it could not get its deployee, President Jacob Zuma. As a result, there was confusion on what is happening in the country. The volatile brand has been riding a wave of optimism since Ramaphosa's appointment to ANC president with investors encouraged by Ramaphosa's pledge to end corruption and repair state-owned entities. It, however, took a slight knock, a slight knock yesterday afternoon following the announcement that President Zuma has been recalled. For more on this, we are now joined on the line by leading South African economist Dr. Azar Jamin. Dr. Jamin, thank you so much for joining us and a very warm welcome to Africa Rise and shine. Good morning to you and good morning to your listeners. Now, just how much of a real impact has this wishy-washy indecisiveness to call, recall President Jacob Zuma, how, what has it had on the impact of, of what it's had on the country's economy as we speak? I don't think that one should overstate the impact that it has had on the economy The real big impact uh, started taking place already last year, and that was due to the global economic recovery, which boosted commodity prices. It was also due to the ending of drought conditions in the northeastern regions of the country and the dramatic recovery in agricultural output. And uh, thirdly, the RAND had strengthened compared with where it was in 2016, and that caused inflation to come in quite a bit lower than expected. Interest rates, far from increasing as had been anticipated, that the beginning of 2017 actually fell slightly in July last year. And a combination of those factors was already starting to lead to the South African economy gradually gaining a little more momentum towards the end of last year. Then, of course, uh, expectations start to turn uh, away from those of uh, anticipating a Nkosazana Dlamini Zuma victory towards believing that Cyril Ramaphosa, who is the favorite of the business community, would actually be elected president of the ANC. And if you recall, uh, despite uh, the rand having fallen to 14 rand 52 in middle of November, uh, uh, and then despite having a credit rating downgrade on the 24th of November, the currency began appreciating, and by the time that the ANC elective conference took place, it was already uh, up at 13 rand 20 odd. Then, once Ramaphosa himself was elected. 
it gained further ground all the way down to below 12 rand to the dollar, the levels that are currently prevailing. Now, if you look at the last week's, uh, um, you know, toing and froing and uh, and uh, South Africa's economy being in limbo for uh, the past week, well, the rand has remained in a range of somewhere between 11 rand 85 and 12 rand 15 to the dollar. It hasn't. Uh, given up any ground despite that. And the reason, I believe, is simply that the markets say um, whether Zuma resigns today or tomorrow or next week, the fact is that he's going to be out. We will have a new leadership. And under Ramaphosa, there's going to be a progress, uh, an elimination of corruption, and progress towards better education, uh, more capital investment and a more collaboratory environment between uh, business and government. And uh, that that could usher in a turnaround situation in the South African economy. And what's happening on a day-to-day basis right now politically really is neither here nor there. Uh, we, the changes are uh, tectonic in terms of the change in leadership that is currently underway and could usher in a new, more prosperous period for the South African economy. How do you think the rating agencies will view this move by the ANC, which is the recalling of the recall of President Jacob Zuma? Do you think this will have any effect in their rating of the country? Well, I suppose at the um, at the margin it could. Obviously, if this whole process starts dragging out and we start seeing a surrendering to Zuma's desire for a three- to six-month extension of his uh, presidency, then I think you will start having negative effects, both in terms of ratings and in terms of the currency. But uh, I think uh, more important for the ratings agencies will be uh, the manner in which next week's budget is presented and its content uh, for them to see whether or not there is a... whether the power in terms of determining uh, South Africa's financial discipline still resides within the people at National Treasury or whether it has been usurped uh, by the populists within the ANC. What lies ahead for incoming President uh, Cyril Ramaphosa? He's got a number of huge challenges. The first is how to improve the educational outcomes in the country because you will have seen yesterday's unemployment figure, 26.7%, is one of the highest in the world and is largely attributable to the fact that the majority of South Africans can't read or write uh, or count properly because of the poor standard of education that they are receiving. Uh, The second challenge that Ramaphosa is going to face is precisely in regard to the budget Um, if the government is to uh, appease credit ratings agencies, it has to restrict the growth in its expenditure, and that involves acting against the uh, primary source of uh, government spending, which is the remuneration of public servants. And that is a huge challenge for Ramaphosa because the public servants have been at the heart of support for him uh, being elected uh, ANC president and he's going to have to tell them, sorry, guys, you've helped me, but I have to restrict the amount that you're going to get as increases. And uh, on the other side, he's also going to have to countenance an increase in the rate of VAT because uh, it's imperative that taxes are raised 
and that is the most obvious and sure way of uh, ensuring an increase in tax revenue. And again, that is uh, very un- that such a move would be seen as being very unpopular with the uh, working class because they see uh, VAT as a tax that hammers the poor rather than the rich. I think it's a fallacious uh, uh, perception, but uh, it, n- n- nonetheless it does exist. Dr. Jamin, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have to leave it there for now. Pleasure. Thank you. That was Chief Economist at Econometrics, Dr. Azza Jamin, joining us on the line. Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zorba. Africa, Amika na Unai. The fundraising campaign underway in Burundi for the 2020 elections has raised grievances among the opposition, which says it's like double-taxing citizens. Government says the contributions are voluntary, and civil society organizations have denounced it as an overt coercion. Agathon Rwasa, the leader of a parliamentary caucus, says there is no freedom in the process, which continues amid a voter registration campaign for the upcoming controversial referendum on the revised constitution. Bernard Bangukira reports from Bujumbura. The fundraising drive for elections in Burundi is on since early February this year. At the same time, the voters' registration for the controversial constitutional change and the 2020 general elections being on its day six, the government defined voluntary payments ranging from every household which will pay up to 2,000 francs, that is around 1.14 US dollars a year, to monthly deductions from salaries of civil servants. Workers earning between 50,000 and 500,000 Burundian francs will see their salaries cut off of 5,000 francs as those earning above a million francs, that is 560 US dollars, will have to concede a month's salary a year. For those from private sector, the Home Affairs Ministry will pile up lists of contributors upon presentation of payment receipts. The announced deductions presented as voluntary triggered contradictions and complaints among civil society organizations and opposition parties. For them, contrary to what the government says, this contribution is simply compulsory. Agaton Rasa, the opposition leader, leading a parliamentary caucus that opposes such deductions, says there is no freedom in the process. For him, this is a double taxing. I'm sure that the ruling party and uh, different authorities here in Burundi are quite aware of the, the socio-political and economic situation of Burundians. You know, the wages in Burundi are very, very low. And yet, all these Burundians are the main contributors for the, to the budget of the country. Unfortunately, it seems that there is uh, some kind of blindness from these authorities with regard to the situation of the Burundians. Just imagine, we are paying taxes and other duties, they still want us to give the so-called free contribution. But there is no freedom in this contribution since people are harassed and persecuted for that. But personally, I cannot encourage somebody to take a loan just to fund these so-called elections. As the voters' registration being on sway, radical opposition invites their militants to respond positively. 
Agaton was a cause of Brundans to enroll. The only way of expressing their discontent towards the constitutional change, but also to prepare for the 2020 elections. And that's why I, I request and make a strong appeal to the people to register for the coming elections, even this referendum, because it's their right to express their discontent. It's their right to, to express their satisfaction if there is one. So I think registration is something imperative to each and everybody, and that also one has to register today because the current registration will be valid for 2020. So not registering will mean that you, you are depriving yourself of your right to vote or to be a candidate for 2020. The process continues despite the UN condemnation for the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. Several proposed changes to the constitution have been questioned by the opposition as an attempt by the ruling party to consolidate its grip on power, a move that is likely to create trouble. In his recent report to the UN Security Council, Mr. Guterres warns that the process is likely to worsen tensions with the opposition, a report which triggered anger among the CNDF to the ruling party who, during massive protests of the party's militants over last weekend, decried it. The government says the report is designed on the basis of wrong information. For Agaton Bwasa, such a condemnation is based on emotion as the report summarizes the current situation in the country. The report of uh, UN Secretary-General, if I may say so, is just an appeal to Burundians to be aware of our own situation. Agaton Bwasa complains that this is an overt harassment campaign launched by the government and the ruling party against its followers across the country. For Channel Africa, this is Bernard Bankokira reporting from Bujumbura. It's 8.45 and our economics update up next with Tracy Boomgaard. Thank you, Lulu. In a sting operation, the South African Priority Crimes Police Unit, the Hawks, are raiding the Gupta family compound in Saxonville, Johannesburg. It's also understood that they have begun a raid at the controversial family's business premises in Midrand, north of Johannesburg. The Gupta family, together with the country's president, Jacob Zuma, and members of his family, have been shrouded in a cloud of corruption. Sasha Naidu is at the Gupta family's compound in Saxonwold. Saxonwall Drive has been completely closed off to traffic as a large contingent of members of the Hawks raid the multi-million rand Gupta compound. It's understood that the operation is part of a larger investigation by the Hawks into alleged state capture. The controversial family has been implicated in wide-ranging allegations of corruption. The family has also been implicated in the theft of millions of rands from the Estina Dairy Project. The decision by South Africa's ruling ANC to recall President Jacob Zuma has been welcomed with reservations by some organized business. The South African Chamber of Commerce and Industry has warned that lack of clarity on the matter could create more instability. The Chamber's CEO, Alan Mokoki, says the ruling party has failed to outline the specific steps and timeframes that would be followed on this matter. So therefore, we need the ruling party to be much more clearer in what is the process that they are actually going to follow. What happens then if the president doesn't resign since you have not actually given them a timeline? 
What then happens in the meantime between the president not resigning and the ruling party wanting a particular decision to proceed? This is going to cause instability amongst the cabinet members, as you would appreciate. A section 102 vote of no confidence requires the entire cabinet itself to also step down should such a vote succeed. Kenya's Privatization Commission has received five bids to advise on a rights offer by state-owned Consolidated Bank of Kenya as the government prepares to sell the lender to private investors. Nairobi-based Standard Investment Bank, Engers Capital, PKF Consulting, Simba and Simba Advocates and PricewaterhouseCoopers submitted pitches to provide transaction advisory services on the share sale. Consolidated Bank, which was incorporated in 1989, by combining non-insolvent lenders is among four banks that the Kenyan government has previously said was considering selling. The company plans to raise 25 million US dollars in the second half of this year to meet rules on capital buffers. The South African Financial Services Board says there is no evidence of any money having been stolen following the cancellation of dormant pension funds. The Financial Board is opposing an application by a whistleblower for the Constitutional Court to supervise a full forensic probe into the cancellation of over 4,000 dormant funds. An investigation led by an attorney showed that 76 out of 500 cancelled funds were improperly cancelled because they still had assets. The South African Financial Services Board's lawyer, Vim Trengrove. Of all of these cases in which it was found, that a fund was incorrectly deregistered because there were still assets in the fund. Those assets were intact. The the assets were still there. They were just overlooked. They were missed when the fund was deregistered. So there is absolutely no evidence before you of any misappropriation of of the funds of these these cancelled pension funds. Nothing whatsoever. The Japanese economy grew for the eighth straight quarter at the end of last year. The growth is good news for Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who has been focusing on the economy with his pro-spending policy since he took office in late 2012. Taking a look at the financial indicators, the U.S. dollar is trading at 11.93 to the South African rand, at 9.45 Botswana Pula and at 9.70 Zambian Kwacha. It's also trading at 72 pence to the British pound and at 81 cents to the euro. Gold is trading at $1,335 and platinum at $980 per ounce. The price of Brent crude oil is at $62.80 a barrel. I'll be back with more at the next hour. Our sports update up next was Figile Lingwati. In our sports update, we begin with Olympic news. The Winter Olympics is a dream come true for Conor McWilson, who is hoping he can inspire his fellow South Africans at Pyeongchang this week. 
Your 21-year-old is Team South Africa's lone competitor with only support from fellow Alpine skier C.V. Spielman, a technical official at these games, and Shaf Dimeshon, Peter Pills, to count on in South Korea. On his race expectations, Wilson is realistic but also hopes the race will be more than just about him. On having Spielman on board, he says they have been together from Tiffindale in the Eastern Cape and have become good friends over the years. Slalom will take place on the 18th of February. Natalie Giesenberger refused to call herself the best woman's luge athlete ever. The history books may do it for her. Germany has yet another Olympic gold medalist after Giesenberger prevailed in the women's luge final. Her second consecutive title and one that added yet another page to a burgeoning resume of accomplishments. Great, just great. I'm, I'm so happy about this race with four clean runs and the result to stay on the podium on the top to get the, the gold medal tomorrow again after Sochi. Yeah, it's amazing. Canadian John Morris and Caitlin Lewis down defending world champions Jenny Parrott and Martin Rios of Switzerland 10-3 in six ends to capture the first ever mixed curling gold medal. That boosted Canada's medal haul to 10 so far, three gold, four silver and three bronze. Mixed doubles curling made its Olympic debut in Pyongyang. Morris was vice for Kevin Martin when they took the men's team title in 2010, while Lewis was third for the Jennifer Jones team that won women's team gold in 2014. It feels fantastic. Uh, it was a grind all week. Two two tough games here in the uh, in the playoffs, and just really proud of us for for pulling through. And uh, this one was for for everyone back in Canada. Yeah, it's been a short, long journey. I guess you could kind of say we came together right in the middle of December and formed our team for Olympic trials. And I'm just so proud of us for being able to overcome some obstacles of being a new team. And we gelled as fast as we could. Cricket News, India secured their maiden ODI series victory over South Africa for the first time in 25 years on South African soil with a 73 runs victory in the fifth ODI at St. George's Park in Port Elizabeth, Eastern Cape Province to take an unassailable 4-1 lead in the six-match series. I think this will be right up there. Uh, you know, I think after 25 years, we won the series here in South Africa. It's not the easiest play to play cricket and definitely not the easiest place to win the series uh, so I think a lot of credit to the boys uh, I think everybody who got an opportunity put their hand up and took up the challenge uh, if you look at the entire ODI series till now I think it was a dominant performance from us and again it only give us confidence as a team uh, to go outside and keep winning those series yes I mean test series uh, was very close I believe it could have gone either way but anyway we're very proud of uh, our performance uh, and very proud of uh, what we achieved today and Proteas coach Otis Gibson loaded his bowlers for the way in which they bowled ensuring that South Africa gave and they have an unachievable target to chase down you know, I thought it gave ourselves a very good chance to, to keep ourselves in the series, you know. We came uh, this afternoon very optimistic that, you know, the series was still there to be drawn. I'm not halfway to, to bowl them out for 270, whatever it was, was a great effort, I thought, by the bowlers. And we let ourselves down with the bat, you know. There's not a lot more to say than that. We let ourselves down with the bat, and it's something that we've been talking about for five games now. We should be sure that the one is that we could, we could play better than we have done, but, you know, tonight was disappointing. Leg spinner sensation Rashid Khan took five wickets as Afghanistan cruised to a six-wicket win over Zimbabwe in the third one-day international at Sharjah. 
The Afghans now lead the series 2-1 with two matches remaining as the teams warm up for the 2019 World Cup qualifiers in Zimbabwe next month. That's your Sport News this hour. Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zosa. Africa, Amika na Unai. Recapping our top stories in Africa, rise and shine at this hour. South Africans welcome ANC decision to recall President Jacob Zuma and Burundians criticize a fundraising campaign for the election. That wraps up Africa, rise and shine today. For myself, Lulu Gabu, producers Pumutsu Ramagadza and Selina Dobong, technical producer Mario Edwards and the rest of the team, thank you for joining us. For comments about our show, send us an email at info at channelafrica.co.za or tweet us at Africa or at channelafrica1 or send an SMS on 277-969-57930 or WhatsApp on 277-6300-3327. Are taking us to the top of the hour for the news on the frequency 7230 kHz on the 41 meter band to southern Africa. Is Pumoto's choice? I love you, 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 I love you,
you, I love you, I love you, I love you. There's nothing above you. There's nothing above you, above you, above you. Get you. I like your minis, get you. Okay, you can't even you. If I tell you, say I love you, oh. My money, my body, now your own, oh baby. That is billion for the account, yo. Versace and Gucci for your body, oh baby. No do, no do, no do, gotta, gotta for me. No do, no do, no do, said I don't. No do, no do, no do, sakara, oh. Mix monster, 